It is said that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. What are you doing with your time? Are you pushing yourself to make the most of every minute you have? Every day you have? Every week you have? Well, that's what we're going to talk about on the Uncomfort Zone. So with that said, let's get started. Okay, well, welcome back to the Uncomfort Zone. We have a new guest on the show today. Aaron, say hello. Hello, Peter and uh, listeners of the Uncomfort Zone. It's great to be on the podcast today. It's many listeners. Lots. 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 Well, actually, according to Anchor, which I record this on, I'm in listened in 18 different countries. You're it's a it's one percent inter- in internationally country. known podcast. Yes, yes, and like we were saying before we started recording, um, had to start somewhere. If you if you always wait for something to be perfect, you'll never start, and that's what I kept doing. Precisely. Kept putting it off and putting it off because I wanted it to look good, and I have no cameras filming it. So why did I want it to? Who did I want it to look good for? Who cares what it looks like? And you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was listening to a podcast today by John Acuff. All it takes is a goal. Great podcast, highly recommend. Um, so everybody in all 18 countries listening to this, go check out. Write that down. John Acuff's podcast. All it takes is a goal. But he talks about like when you start out, like kind of giving yourself grace. And, like, understanding, like, if, it th- if something doesn't work perfectly the first time, the great news is you get to do it again. Yes. Right? So, like. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. Do, so, what's the name of his podcast, you said? All It Takes is a Goal. It's phenomenal. Does he have a book? I feel like you, sh- you need to write a book with that he same d- title. He <laughs> does have several books. His most recent book, John, if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> Highly unlikely. John Acuff, if you're listening to the Uncomfort Zone podcast, I'm a big fan. Um, of the podcast. I've our heard, podcast. Uh, that's what you're saying. You're a big fan of our podcast. I'm a big fan of this podcast <laughs> and your podcast, John Acuff. And uh, he's a great writer. Um, his most recent book is called Soundtracks. So this is a, a big plug for John Acuff, and I'm not really sure why we like this came up, why I'm speaking so passionately about it. But It's okay. Um, his new book called Soundtracks. It's it's a very good book. It's basically about like retraining our thoughts, and like the soundtracks that we play ourselves in our mind are basically going to be in direct connection with like how we function and operate in our lives. Um, well, what do you mean? Why are we talking about this? This is great content. Yeah, I everything mean, you just said. Don't listen to John Acuff. Listen to this. No, podcast. no, 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 no. We just heard some great stuff. Oh, my goodness. So, speaking of, you just said you're speaking so passionately with him. Speaking of passion, tell us some things you're passionate about. Okay, so I am a pastor, an assistant pastor at a church in Durham, North Carolina. Um, I am very passionate about the next generation. Uh, most of what I deal with, I'm an assistant pastor. We're a pretty small church, like five years old. Um, but most of what I do has to do with uh, kids and family ministry. So I'm extremely passionate about reaching the next generation. My favorite quote has been since I was a teenager, whenever I felt like God was calling me to go into, um, some type of youth or next generational ministry. The quote says, um, that the test of my life is what I leave to the next generation. 
So when we get to heaven and the things that we answer for, the things that we have done in the name of Christ is going to be for no one but Christ and for the people whose testimony, who who we left our testimony to. So I'm extremely passionate about the next generation. Um, You know, Peter and I were in college together, so a lot of people would... um, you know, be pastoral majors or youth ministry majors or whatever. And it was always with the goal of to pastor a church. Not right. always, but right. yeah. that seemed like the most common thing. Right. Which is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I may pastor a church someday. I don't know. But I have zero desire to be a lead pastor. Hmm. Um, whatever that looks like in the future, I am extremely passionate about next generational ministry. Now, maybe someday when this generation grows up and they're all adults and, like, that's who I've ministered to my whole life, maybe right. then I'll want to be a lead pastor. Right. Um, but I'm very passionate about next generational ministry. Um, I'm very passionate about teaching kids the Bible at a in a high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to, not to knock on maybe the way a lot of us were raised in church with grandma... Ethel and her flannel graph and things like that, you know. Um, potluck dinners. And, and pot, hey. Some of them could cook, dude. Potluck <laughs> dinners, dude. It like, was 50-50. Not, sorry, not to go on a tangent about potluck dinners, but 50-50. 50% were bomb cooks. Phenomenal. And 50% were open the can right there, put it in the crock pot, and it's like. And okay. it's not even cooked yet. Yeah, no, it's just warming up on the spot. Yeah. So it, it was 50-50, yeah. and honestly, being a PK, Yes. I knew <laughs> who the we good knew ones who, were. Okay, I was a preacher's kid as well, pastor's kid, preacher's kid, whatever you want to call it, ministry kid. There was also great strategy yes. in where you sat at the potluck. Because you go in, everybody gets seated, and then they have to dismiss by table. So you got to learn who is praying for the food and dismissing the tables, right? Because then you know their patterns. So, um, I think we just, do you unplug? My headphones cut out for that. No, I'm back. I'm back. But you got to learn, you learn the patterns and then you can strategically be the first table that gets picked to go through the food line every time. Has anything changed though growing up? You have to be, I'm constantly being strategic about Uh, just different things in life. Exactly. We just learned it in early age. Exactly. It's a different, uh, just a different Focus. A different application. Yeah, different application. Yeah, so exactly. So we <laughs> learned at a young age. If there's anything that you need to learn, grow up being a preacher's kid and learn how to strategically position yourself <laughs> to get the hot, the, f- the, the fresh hot food at the church potluck. Oh, man, that's ho- that is funny. For for people that grew up in the church, that's funny. Yes. Um, but back to what I was saying, yeah. like, the teaching kids the Bible at a, in a high quality, at a high level comes with equipping churches um, with content to do so, right? Like, uh, technology has changed, resources have changed and expanded, and there is a great opportunity that we have to equip the next generation at a high level. Right. And I think sometimes in, in churches, like, it's like, oh, that's just the kids' ministry. Right. They're just the kids. Like, They'll grow up someday and they'll be put, they'll be the church. Like, 
I hate the phrase the kids are the church of tomorrow because that is I understand the concept behind it and I agree with the concept behind it but I, I strongly disagree because I believe that kids are the church of today because if we don't teach kids to be the church today we won't have a church tomorrow mm. so teaching kids the Bible at a high level I'm super passionate about that and I've had some opportunities to kind of get involved in the creation of some things to, to make that happen yeah and I like st- I like being on this podcast and asking that question or seeing what people are passionate about because you can see it for those that are listening you can't see it but you can see it in the way your man- mannerisms are just body language how excited you are to talk about what you're passionate about is exciting yeah and be it you're in church or not in church um you have strong faith you don't have strong faith you can get excited about other people's passions absolutely and absolutely now for i want to kind of tie this together i know we have listeners that would be strong in the faith and then other people that probably wouldn't be so how would you tie it now with why do you see such an importance with youth for coming from an angle for something that does not believe what we believe but mm-hmm. why is it so important to invest in the younger generation in the youth because i feel like some people blame our problems and what's going on because of how maybe the younger generation they're doing this well that's really how they are parented how they're mm-hmm. how important it is is it to be investing into our youth well I know you're gonna you're you're looking at it from a different lens, right? Right. But on a very practical, like if I could step out of it and just do it outside of like my sphere of um, operation, I guess you could say, doing it outside of the the church world and thinking of it and how like okay, so how do we approach it that way? Well, we live in a world that. strongly encourages you know very very individualistic very relative um in this really kind of a a post postmodern world Mm -hmm. that we live in um kind of like you can you can do it yourself you can you you can do what you want it's all about the individual right right and that is such a hopeless thing yeah because at some point in time everyone's gonna fail yeah and when your success is dependent on you or your morality or your compass of what's right and wrong in this world is dependent on you, then that's going to break down and fall apart so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then they're left without hope. Right. So they the Bible, they the Bible says, in, exactly. The Bible says in Psalm 78 that, uh, that, that you pass down the, the things that God has done and, and, and the, uh, and a belief in a, in a God of the universe that, and all that he did in the in the nation of Israel and all throughout history, all the the wonderful things that he has done, why? So that the next generation, the generation to come, can set their hope in him mm-hmm. and be directed by him. And you know, people who are listening to this who would believe the same way that we do um, would obviously agree with that, right? But I think even people who would disagree on a very foundational level. You can't deny the fact that our hope has to be set in something. Right. Our hope can't be in ourselves. Right. Because that breaks down very quickly. Um, I don't know about you, but I mean, I fail all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a professional failure, and if if all I can rely on is myself, 
as far as my hope goes for for the world in the future like that's that's pretty pretty doom and gloom yeah yeah because sometimes you could be like i'm a rock star and then other days it's like i'm not right it could be a roller coaster exactly exactly if not for anything um those that aren't involved in church one thing i can say for it is you get this you get a community and there's nothing yeah. like having that foundation or those people in your life. Mm-hmm. If you if you read any autobiography or any what read anything about history, some of the most some of the people that we talk about in history, right? They had these people in their lives, right? And, and it sounds like that's what you that's what we need to be to our kids, right? And you hear the you hear the name of the person who accomplished something, behi- but behind that name is a a group of people. Who a mentor supported them, mentored them, trained them, uh, cried with them, yeah. laughed with them, uh, helped them to be human. Yeah, and simply being there for a person. Right. So speaking strictly, like just humanistically, almost just being there for any human has the potential to change their life and trajectory for the future for the better. Right. Whether in a a church world or not, right? Studies um, show that exactly. Yeah, exactly. At the very, just a parent, just having. Yeah, honestly, the st- studies show with just having two parents in the household, right, changes a, a child's trajectory forever. They said stati- statistics show that if if I know crazy things happens, but if if a family, the parents can stay together, the children, I think they they said have a sixty percent chance of progressing out of the um, financial class that they're in. We're just talking finances. Right. They have a a way from jumping, say they're poor, into middle class. Middle class into, um, no, sorry, uh, poor class into working class. Working class into middle class. Right. Just by that. Think of the impacts of just if someone doesn't have anyone in their life, like you said, and they've got a mentor or – a children's pastor or someone they can talk to. Right. At a young age, there are so many things that can influence your life. Right. And and it's even scientifically proven. So there's there's a book I'm in the middle of reading right now. It's called Seen. Um, and the whole concept is about healing despair and anxiety in kids and teens. Um, S-E-E-N S- or I-N-G? S-E-E-N. Okay. Seen. Um, sorry. I grew up in rural southwest Virginia. Sometimes my <laughs> accent makes it makes some words hard for that I say to be understood. Uh, written by Will Hutcherson and Dr. Chinway Williams. Will Hutcherson is a youth pastor. Um, Chinway Williams is a um, mental health doctor. I forget what like her specific title is, and mm-hmm. I don't want to say it wrong. But the whole concept is that w- to heal when a, when a child has experienced trauma despair anxiety in in some way like that is a been scientifically and like neuroscientifically triggered in their mind mm-hmm. right there's an imbalance of hormones or right or, or sometime and i'm speaking very elementary of this um so please like if you're listening like don't repeat this word for word do your own <laughs> research but like hear the concept and i think you'll understand um there's two parts to our brain an emotional side and a reason side and there is often whenever we have experienced trauma 
there is a blockage in the hormones that the logic side releases that allows us to reason through a situation and understand logically like okay the iron is hot i'm not going to touch it right and then on the flip side the emotional side that says like no i'm so mad or upset that i'm going to touch the iron no matter what and the logic side of our brain shuts that down or and helps us understand like no it's hot we can't touch it yeah are you saying there's a battle there, there's a battle between that and our brain works as such to where those hormones that are released balance each other out. So not only are we able to think logically, but we're able to think emotionally at the same time. So that's why we can reason with somebody who's dealing with a difficult circumstance, but we can also have empathy mm. for that person who's dealing with that. Simultaneously. Exactly, yeah. simultaneously. Um, so take a child who has experienced trauma. There becomes a buildup of a hormone that blocks that balance. And... Mm we get stuck in the emotional side mm. and there's a an excess of that hormone which is what causes anxiety despair depression in our lives right and the there's that's a hormone that's where they get down to no one loves me what am i still doing on this earth right exactly and one of the most effective ways to break that down for the I can't remember how they refer to it in the book, but basically the the hormone that helps to regulate all that and like it's like a happy hormone mm -hmm. in our brains. Right. One of the best ways for that to be released is physical contact with a person. You know, a, an arm around the shoulder or a hug or a high five or something like that. Huh. And it's literally seeing and being seen in that situation and being heard, being understood. Wow. So no matter what situation we are in our lives, kids, teens, adults, no matter what, the community that we have in our lives of people who see us, who seek to understand us, um, who are there to help us up when we've fallen down. That sounds like a good book. Who are there to congratulate us yeah. when we've succeeded. Um, they help heal whenever some traumatic event has caused anxiety, despair, right. or, or so on in our lives. But they also help keep us from that if they are a constant part in our lives. Wow. So it's a really incredible concept, and yeah. I am not by any means an expert on it. I mean, I'm not even finished with the book yet. But Oh, so you haven't even finished it, so no, you I didn't spoil it for us. We can still read no, the whole thing. No, exactly. I am only, in fact, I'm only 29% of the way through the book based on my tracker on so my phone. So you're looking at your phone. So yes. audiobooks or do you read it? I read it because I really okay. like to No, I'm a bad reader. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to tell on myself. One of my goals this year is to read 10 books. I'm writing that down. We love we love when people want to read on the podcast, that's for sure. I'm a bad reader. Mm. I'm a slow reader. It drives my wife crazy. But I am and this probably has a little bit to do with like Look at look at what I have in number two for my goals for the year. Read more. That's a very we need to talk about your goals, Pete, because that is um it says read more. I'm gonna put Pete on blast for a second. <laughs> um that's not a good goal, Pete. I know. Because it's not quantifiable. Oh. Look, I already did sales training today. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I spent quite a few hours, which is actually pretty good, but 
not we'll, quantifiable. We'll, so you want you want me to put a number behind it? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But okay. Be, but before we get to that, one of my goals is to read more. Or not? No, that's one of your goals. One of my goals is to read ten books. I'm a bad reader. Um. Like I don't remember if I've ever read ten books in a year, ever. Mm-hmm. In college, high school, like nothing. Right. I'm just not much of a reader, but I really I try to internalize everything that I read. Right. So it takes me a long time to read. Right. Um. So that's why some people are like, well, why don't you do like one book per month? Like ten. That's that's a stupid number. Well, no. Like for me, like ten might be a very reasonable number. Um. And honestly, at the rate that I'm going, like I really need to kind of pick up the pace, or I'm not going to get ten. In. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why like I haven't even finished that book yet, but I'm through 29% of it and that's kind of some things that I've gotten from it. Yeah. And it's phenomenal, phenomenal concept. That's great. I'm I mean, I'm just a fan of reading. Even though they say there's a study out there that says we we retain, I think it's 20%. Don't quote me on this, but 20% of what we read. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's 30% of what we hear, mm-hmm. like being taught, and then it's almost 90% of what we do. What we do, yeah. So it's so important to be taking these things. specifically, but I know, it, yeah. It's so important to be taking those things and applying them, and it seems like what you're reading with what you do weekly, daily, you're going to be able to apply those. Right. Especially you were talking about wanting to write a curriculum. Yeah. You're going to be able to apply these things. Um, you have volunteers that work under you. You can teach them to apply these things. Right. So that's how you're really going to learn. Right. And I, we've had people on here. I've had my brother on here, and he's huge into habits mm-hmm. and how t- how you can break habits, bad mm-hmm. habits, and how you can create new ones and how important it is to become habitual with those things. So are we going to talk about Atomic Habits written by James Clear now? I've never heard of that book. Really? Yeah. Oh, my. I bet your, I bet your brother has. Atomic Habits by who? James Clear. I was actually just listening to a podcast today. Now again, in case How any you spell that last name? C L E A R. If any of you have forgotten, I'm not much of a reader, so I have not read Atomic Habits yet. Okay. But my wife has. But Julia. it's on your list. It's it is on my list to read. Cool. Uh, my wife has read it, Julia, um, and she raves about it. And we talk about it a lot. Um, and I listened to an interview actually with the writer today. Um, on another one of my podcasts that I listen to, the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. Mm-hmm. Big, big fan of that podcast, I think. Why are you deferring people away from this podcast? What's going on? Because last time I'm having you on the pod. That's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We encourage people to need to diversify we encourage people their content. To, yes, we encourage people to be listening to other podcasts. Of course. So, of course. I mean, they obviously are because they're not listening to mine. <laughs> <laughs> But the whole his whole concept is like a goal is great, but set a goal and instead focus on the systems. One of his quotes from the book says this you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Ooh. So if you I've heard that before. That's from this book. That's from this book. Wow. So if you do not have systems in place to reach your goal that you're focusing on, daily tasks weekly tasks, monthly tasks to reach your end of the year goal or end of the quarter goal, whatever it might be, then you're not going to reach your goal. Right. Because you might be focusing on the end game. Right. But if you only focus on the end game, he used this analogy. If you're playing a, a football game 
okay, and all you ever do is stare at the scoreboard mm-hmm. the whole time. Right. You look at the scoreboard, watch the scoreboard, but you're not involved in every play. You're not involved in, you know, every snap, offense, defense, whatever you're playing. If you're not involved in every single snap, then you're not going to reach your ultimate goal of winning the game on the scoreboard at the end of the game. Right. Now, also, if you never look at the scoreboard, you're going to be in trouble because you're not going to have any idea what's going on in the ah, game. Right. You're not, you're not going to know what plays you need to run because of the score, the down and distance, the time left on the clock. So y- there has to be a balance there of I recognize, I see my goals. So it's don't be so far this side. Don't be so far that side. Right. So like I was saying, there's this company, I'm, and I'm speaking on goals, so I've done a lot of research on goals as of late. Um, mm-hmm. And specifically today, I was driving, I was taking some teenagers. They needed an extra driver. They're going to summer camp today. Um, so I had about a three-hour drive, and on the way back, I was by myself. On the way up there, I had a bunch of teenagers with me. On the way back, I was by myself. So I listened to some podcasts, kind of do some research on kind of what I want to say and where I want to go on this big topic of goals. And um, listening to that John Acuff podcast, I um, wrote some notes down. And he was kind of talking about, uh, well, I technically spoke some notes down. I don't want to give the appearance that I was driving unsafely. <laughs> I would pause it. It was very inconvenient, actually. I would pause it, go to, over. go to my note, hit the mic button, speak into it. Oh, okay, yeah. Go yeah. back, you know. It was kind of inconvenient, but, you know. Speak to text. Safety's no accident. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, he was talking about, like, starting a goal, and how do you determine, like, what is my goal? What? How am I going to get there? How long? I, like, it has to have some parameters, right? Right. Um. So, number one, he said, like, he kind of used a, like, a running race uh-huh. um, analogy. And number one, he said, pick a starting line and a finish line. Okay, so let's use your goal of read more. Okay. Give yourself a win that you want to do that. You want to read more this year. You want to read more this weekend. You want to read more... When? In what time frame? That's that's a lot. Yeah. That's not what I was doing. Right. I just said read more. Right. Exactly. Okay. Have you read more? Uh, exactly. Apples to apples to what? Have I read more than last year? I don't know because I didn't make it quantifiable. <laughs> John Acuff also said that progress you don't measure doesn't exist. Wow. So pick a starting line and a finish line. So you can measure what you have done within that time frame, okay? Right. If you go to run a race, right? like if you're in the Boston Marathon, he uses this analogy on, on the podcast. So I'm not going to take credit for this, but if you go to run the Boston Marathon, you're not just going to show up somewhere in Boston and hope to find a bunch of people who look <laughs> like they're runners <laughs> and be like, oh, there's the start line. No, you're going to know exactly where to go. Right. You're going to have done some reason you're going to know where the finish line is as well so you can end up in the right spot hmm. right so so like it's it's important to know where you're starting and where you're going but then from there you have to determine what your rules are okay you want to read more of what do you want to read more books do you want to read more blog posts hmm. do you want to read more of the bible do you want to read more comic books do you want to read more bedtime stories to uh, Carrington and Callum 
like, what do you want to read more of? Right. And the great thing is, you're in charge of the rules. It's your goal. It's your life. So you determine the rules and the parameters of the goal that you are, are setting and making, right? And here's the thing that we have to do. I was talking to Julia about this last night, and it was actually a, another thing that I heard on John A. Cuff's podcast on a different day. Um, he was interviewing another writer, and she was talking about different stages of life, and he mentioned how it's so important to be fair to yourself within stages mm-hmm. of your life. Right. So if if you have a goal to run, say, a thousand miles in a year, okay, but you have to travel for work seven out of every 15 days, okay, that might not be a realistic goal because you're on the road so much and have such a volatile schedule and you're here and there and, you know, so, like, you got to be fair to yourself in different seasons of life. Right. So whatever goal you're setting, the rules that you're giving yourself in that time period, be fair to yourself. Mm. Give yourself a fair scorecard. Right. Right? Like, I've been playing a lot of golf lately. Right. Or trying to play a lot of golf. Love um, it. I'm not very good at it. Neither am I. So my scorecard, the way I view my scorecard, is very differently than the way Tiger Woods would view my scorecard. Right. Right, Tiger Woods would look at my scorecard and be like, "Like this dude's trash. Like he, is this the first time you've ever picked up a golf club?" And I view my scorecard as like, "Oh, today I shot my lowest round ever. Right. Now my lowest round ever might be a 96. Right, but it's my lowest round ever. Yeah, I got to give myself a fair scorecard. Right, and know what I'm comparing and gauging my accomplishment off of." Right. Right. So, give yourself a starting and a finish line. Also, determine the rules of your race. Determine the rules of uh, your goal. Give yourself a fair scorecard. Okay? Next, in his race analogy, he talked about in the Boston Marathon, at about mile 20, there's something called Heartbreak Hill. And it's, you know, this uphill climb that they got to get they're 20 miles in they're about to hit that wall that they got to break through where that last um 6.2 i think it's 6.2 yeah yeah uh, 6.2 miles is like the most grueling part of the race well if you don't know the track if you don't know the course you don't know where heartbreak hill is Mm -hmm. so you got to do some research to prepare yourself to give yourself a fighting chance to accomplish the goal. Right. Okay. So, and there might be some challenging and problematic things that could keep you from getting up Heartbreak Hill. Right. Okay. In your life. So, like, you want to read more, but you guys have a new baby. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it might not be the best season of your life right now to say, like, okay, I'm going to read 12 books this year. I read my first one last week on vacation. <laughs> okay. So there you go. Like, And like starting a new job recently and different things like that. Like yeah. Different factors in our life come in. Like we have to uh, – I. one place I worked, we talked a lot about seeing more and before. See more and see it before. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of have like 
vision ahead to where you can understand what's coming and prepare for it now so you can kind right. of expect the hardships that are coming to help you deal with them easier. Right. Right? So kind of be fair with yourself and know, like, okay, like, I want to read more. Great thing is I'm going on vacation next week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have the opportunity to read more. But the following week, I'm going to have been gone from work for a whole week. So it's going to be a little bit more challenging. It's probably right. going to be a little bit more mentally draining and a little bit more physically draining. Right. Because I've been out of it for a week. Right. So be fair to yourself on vacation week with your goal and on the week you're back to work with your goal. Mm, right. Prepare for heartbreak hill. But then lastly, he talks about that you have to train for your goal. If you want to read more, what do you want to read more? Okay. That's part of your rules. But then go out and, like, do some research. Like, you're probably not going to, like, read, like, the full Britannica encyclopedias. Right. I'm not going to read the entire six-book series of Harry Potter. Right. Exactly. Now, you might read, like, one business book. You might read a fiction book. You might read a biography. You might read an autobiography. Right. And, you know, sprinkle some other things in there. Right. That are within your rules to accomplish your goal. So whenever we set parameters around our goal, then we are able to quantify and measure, have we actually accomplished something? Hmm. And then you can look back and be like, yeah, you know, I did accomplish something. But if we don't measure it, then we're always looking back, thinking and probably just assuming because we kind of just assume the worst about ourselves Mm. that we could have done more. So we failed and didn't reach our goal. Yeah, wow. Man, I'm getting taken to church, no pun intended. <laughs> but this is good stuff. This is this is what this whole podcast is based around, is challenging ourselves in those levels to that degree. And I never even heard of this guy, right? Yeah. And you're you're telling me these analogies or these examples that are profound, really yeah. good. Um, so I'm definitely gonna look him up, right? That's why I wrote, wrote this down. I'm gonna look up the book by James Clear. I mean these are these are great and some of you may have heard of John Acuff. Like, whenever he like kind of got popular, he wrote blog posts, and he wrote it as kind of like spoofs and picking fun at like funny things that Christians do. Um, so like a lot of people probably like read something he's written or seen a a sketch that he has done. Like, and like okay, because like if you're listening to this and you're a Christian, like you understand that like there are some things that Christians do that just like logically and practically are just kind of laughable yes like it's just (laughs) it's just funny yes and it's just kind of the way of the culture i suppose yes um and we find humor in it we do exactly yeah exactly like john christ john christ makes fun of christians all the time yes john christ is a christian he's made a career out of it he's made a career out (laughs) of it and it's it's funny it is it is funny um so like number one side note don't take yourself too seriously yeah please um but that's kind of where John Acuff. Nobody like else does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so some of you may have have seen John Acuff stuff, and then his career kind of developed and morphed into now he's a writer, speaker, very much into goals, self development, that type of thing. That's good. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what this. If you're, if I, I, w- I hope our listeners have that kind of drive to them because that's what we've been talking about since day one. It's we're only on this earth for a short period of time and time is so fleeting you need to make the most of it 
you know, we see so many people wasting it. And it, I feel sorry for those people. And I've been that person from time to time. Right? Yeah. We need to be capitalizing on, I mean, our brain has so much more capacity than we give it for. And we just dumb it down because it's easier, it's simpler. And these things that you're talking about take time, right? patience, and work. Yes. So these are these are these are tough nuts to crack. I mean, w- like we we've said on here before, it's not rocket science, but it does take work. Right. There's a. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned making the most of the life that we've been given, right? And the sad thing is, some people can even be pursuing something, but they're only going to be happy when they achieve the thing or they think they're only going to be happy whenever they achieve the thing that they're pursuing. Mm-hmm. The goal, the relationship, the money, the dollar sign, yeah. the car, the house, yeah. the kids, the career path, whatever it is. Yeah. They think they're only going to be happy whenever they reach that and then they force themselves to be miserable in the journey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Speaker and writer Valerie Burton said that you know, she kind of thought about her life and like some things that happened, and she she thought like, okay, am I going to be ha- only going to be happy when this happens? But what if that thing never happens? What if that's not God's plan for my life? Okay, if I if I said personally, I'm only going to be happy whenever I make six figures a year. Mm. Remember those of you who remember, I'm a I'm an assistant pastor at a five year old church. Six figures is not in the cards for me. That I that I could even imagine, and I'm I'm cool with that. Like I'm right, yeah. I, I'm good. Like, and we're d- Lord takes care of us very well. Yeah. But say I think I'm only going to be happy whenever I make six figures. Now I can put my nose to the grindstone. I can hustle. I can do. I can create streams of income, and I can make it happen. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not finding joy between now and then. I'm sure not going to find it then. Yeah. So she she proposed this thought. Change the when to while I am seeking a six-figure salary, I'm going to be happy. While I'm losing the weight, I'm going to be happy. Hmm. While I am trying to get my nutrition up to par, I'm going to be happy. While... I am working on this master's degree. I'm going to be happy. Changing the when to while. And it changes our attitude and our perspective about the the hustle and the grind and the work that it takes. Right. Because it's a journey. And if we don't enjoy the journey, we're not making the most of the life that we've been given and the time that we've been given. Well, you said a good thing earlier that you said sometimes people are so focused on the end goal that they make their journey miserable. Right. And you might go 20 years and go, wow, that was not worth it. I wasted 20 years of this life that I've been blessed with. Yeah. And especially... Angry at the world, angry at people, angry at situations because I knew I had to shove those aside until I got there. Right. And especially if you're a believer in Christ. Especially if you're a believer in Christ because our joy is found in Him. Our joy is not found in any temporal circumstance. Right whether it be money, job, career, you name it. 
Mm-hmm. If your joy is found there, your joy is in the wrong place. Right. And you won't find joy there. Right. So find joy in the fact that you are who you are and you've been given a life to make an impact and to point the people around you to Christ mm-hmm. and enjoy that while you pursue the career. Because if you're doing that and if you're living for Christ in the moment, then most likely that desire for that career is a desire that is a is a holy and righteous and pure desire that God has allowed you and given you in your heart. Right. So pursue it with all you got, but enjoy the journey Yeah, while you're chasing that thing. Yeah. My daughter doesn't sound like she's enjoying the journey right now, does she? No. So I don't know if there's any feedback coming into the mics, um, but we are recording this. It's 9.30, and she keeps getting up, and I think she wants a drink of water, and she's in her bedroom crying. So if you hear that, we she's okay. She's safe. She's just yeah upset because she doesn't She's upset. Water. We're buddies now. Yeah. You know, the last time I was here, she was scared of me. Yes, she was. Um, Super shy. And now, like, we're big buddies. Yeah. We're big buddies. She like, gave you a hug tonight. Yeah, gave me a hug goodnight. And yeah, I think that you could count on two hands, maybe, because she's got a lot of uncles mm-hmm. who she's given a hug goodnight. Yeah. Not that many people. Yeah. I feel blessed. Yeah. I feel. You're, you're um, enjoying the journey. I'm enjoying the journey. And she's probably upset that she can't be on the podcast with me. That's what it is. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna have her on here. One heaven day. knows she could come on here and carry a conversation. Oh, it's unreal. <laughs> At two the and way, a half, the way that girl, girl talks, smart as a whip, <laughs> does not get it from her father. But bringing it full circle, because we will have to wrap up. We're gonna have you on again because you are bringing a lot of good information. But we've been talking for a long time. Yeah, bringing it full circle. My goal is to create these habits is to change these things about myself so I can teach it to them. Right. And they can have better, more fulfilling lives. Right. And it's free will. It's their choice if they want to act on that or not. Sure. But I can set them. I need to read these books. I need to set these goals so they, if not for me telling them, hey, this is a good read, this is something I would advise as your father, but not, not for that but for them to see their father doing those things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the kids, test kids imi- uh, imitate their parents everything. Yes. So if they can imitate some good things. Yeah. And and that goes back to what you're saying. You want to teach the youth. You want to teach them the good things. Right. And that's wholesome. That's good. That's, that's what we need more of. So it's... Girl, it's all it's all for you. It's all for you her. As you lose your mind in there. The test of your life is what you leave to Carrington McCallum. Mm, that's right? good. Yeah. And that ultimate test, you don't step into school on day one and take your final exam. Yeah. Right. The test of your life at the end of it all. What have you done along the way? What habits have you formed? What goals have you reached and yeah. accomplished? Yeah. That your children and their children and their children will benefit from and see and experience in you that say, man, because dad did this and dad taught me this, right? I can go and do this. Right. Right. And guaranteed if you do it the right way, your ceiling is going to be their floor. Hmm. And they're going to reach far above and beyond what yeah. we could ever imagine. Yeah. 
it's important to invest into the youth, man. Absolutely. Do you have anything else you want to say? Dude, it's been a pleasure. It has. We've been talking about this for a long time. I was actually getting in my car to go home, and he was <laughs> like, man, we should have recorded a podcast. I was like, man, we should have. He's like, well, you got some time? I said, sure. So the wives went on a walk, and I here we you sit. Were, I didn't know you were serious about But I said. Do you have, like, let's plan a time. And you're like, you give me this look like, I'm free right now. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm free right now. Let's do it. So, no, I'm excited we did this, and we're definitely going to have you on again. So, with that said, to our listeners, go do something that pushes you out of your comfort zone. And maybe, just maybe, into the uncomfort zone. Every listener in all 18 countries. That's right. See you later.